Hey everybody, thanks for checking out the Glendale Road Church of Christ podcast. You're welcome to join us anytime you're around. We are at 1101 Glendale Road in Murray, Kentucky. We meet for worship every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., followed by our Bible study at 10 a.m., and we come back every Sunday evening for a bonus worship hour at 6 p.m. Also, every midweek on Wednesday at 7 p.m., we have a Bible study. You'd be welcome to join us. We'll be sure to save a seat for you. Now, here's this week's sermon. Well, I've got good news, bad news. I don't know. Bad news, good news. Uh, bad news is Jason is uh, uh, Jason. I had Jason on my mind because of his mom. But Stephen uh, is sick this morning. Uh, have some nausea in the house. And I'm sorry for that. Uh, and the scripture reading, Billy Joe, where, Billy Joe, you did a great job. And that has nothing to do with our lesson today. I turned to Karen when I got out and I said, I wonder what that man's reading today. But I would like to take this opportunity to present a lesson this morning. Uh, and you know, if you ever just, uh, you wonder about uh, the way things happen in life and what you can do or can't do, it was rather late in the morning this morning that we got this word. So, uh, but I had something on my mind that I had read uh, a concept and I wanna present a lesson this morning and I, I want to do it similar to the last couple of uh, ways that I presented lessons here, and that is you have a Bible and you have me. Now, it's kind of that order. You don't have to look above me. Uh, what I would like for you to do is to be looking down at your Bible. And there will be no stories this morning, no commentaries. There will be the Bible and you and I. And I would like for you to turn to Luke chapter 18, and we'll be looking starting at verse uh, 31, and that is on page, if you'll take a pew Bible, and that's the Bible I'm using, so we'll be right on track, uh, page 1620. If you will turn to that, page 1620, I very much would like to have everyone with a Bible in their hand this morning. And I will start at verse 31 of chapter 18 of Luke. Then he took the 12 aside and said to them, now this is Jesus, and now he's speaking to his disciples. Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. Jesus knew that everything that was foretold, there would not be one prophecy that would be left unfulfilled. And he was introducing to the disciples at this particular time what was about to happen. And it wasn't going to be good. And he didn't take the opportunity or the time at this particular moment to go into any greater detail uh, other than to tell them uh, about what was going to happen. And in verse 34, but they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them and they did not know the things which were spoken. So Jesus explained to them that he was going in verse 32, that he would be delivered into the Gentiles, would be mocked, insulted, and they would scourge him and they would kill him. Can you imagine the disciples reaction to even hearing what was going on? But they, they did not comprehend. We go to verse 35, then it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging and hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. And so they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. 
And he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And vision, you have this, this blind man. He doesn't know what's going on. Jesus is passing by, by accident, I doubt it. I, I'm not sure that anything that ever happened, that Jesus ever did was by accident. There was a purpose for everything. He's passing by and those that were, that were around him warned him that he should be quiet. Now, I'm not sure about why that was a necessity, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him. Now he asked him a question. And believe it or not, this is a prelude to the lesson. This isn't even part of the lesson, but I didn't want to work up to where we're going. But Jesus asked him a question. Jesus already knew the answer. Don't you know it? So why the question? You know, free will is a complicated you, why do we have free will? What is free will? We're, our responses to circumstances are our own. Sometimes I wish that wasn't the case. Sometimes I wish that, that, that God would just put in my heart what I needed and that he would take control totally of all my actions and all my responses and that I would do it all the time, but that's not what it was. In his wisdom, Gary, I need for you to have free will. I need you to love me because you want to love me. I need you to have faith because you have faith. Excuse me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him and brought to him, and when he had come near, he asked him, saying, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. There could have been a lot of, of different maybe responses. He may have needed a lot of things. Uh, but to him at that particular time, what he needed what he wanted, what he de desperately pursued was give me my sight. And when Jesus said to him, receive your sight, your faith has made you well. Did his faith make him well? Wasn't it Jesus? Jesus just healed him. But what did Jesus say to him? Because of your faith, that's what that's why you've received your sight. If you had not made the effort, if you had not yelled, if you had not shown that, that you had full belief that I could do what you wanted, then it wouldn't have been done. So Jesus has given him, the man, what he wanted through his miraculous healing. However, because of the faith that he had that he could do so. What faith do we have today that God can do? What faith? How much faith? And it's hard to measure one's faith as far as I have complete faith. Yes, I have faith. But this man had, there was no doubt if you, could, if you could just bring, if I could just, if you could just hear me. And immediately received his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people when they saw it gave praise to God. Okay, we've accomplished a couple things now. We've accomplished that the man has received his sight. He's now a follower of Jesus and others that witnessed the healing. They believed also and became followers. 
All of Jesus' miracles, when I say all, you know, it's hard to, to make absolutes, especially with my limited knowledge. So I won't say all of the miracles all the time. What I will say is that if you will look at Jesus' life and the purpose for him being here and for what he did, it was to teach. Uh, the man could have died blind and still gone to heaven. The blindness, whether he was able to see in this world or not able to see, was secondary compared to his spiritual well-being. And the spiritual well-being of others, as Jesus walked by, was much more important. So many followed. Well, now we're going to move where the lesson is. Now we're going to meet another gentleman. Now we're going to meet another gentleman that you have heard. I did ask Derek. I said, Derek... What songs can you give me about Zacchaeus today? Now, this was a quarter till nine, so I can't hold fault with Derek. He said, none. <laughs> Zacchaeus was a wee little man. That's all we got in it, Derek. But we're going to start at chapter 19, and this is still on page 1620 of your Bible, 1,620. And let's meet this gentleman. And as you study and as you read, and you really forget the read, forget this idea of study, I would promote that you read your Bible, read your Bible, without even the idea of, well, I'm going to go study my Bible. How about just reading your Bible? And when you read, and when I read, when you get through a passage, even though you've maybe read it several times, there might be something that just jumps out at you, as this passage has me. And I just wondered about something. We're going to read through this story, and there are lessons galore that we could draw. And probably the one that I'm going to point at would have been the least of what you might have thought about. But it's such a personal, personal lesson for each of us. I would like to draw from it. Chapter 19, verse 1. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Now, tax collector and rich, not popular. Uh, he was not well thought of, as a matter of fact, chief of sinners. Uh, a lot of you could attribute to his uh, even individuals that knew him. And as we're going to find later, uh, did not put Jesus into good light to even, even be associated with him. But now there behold a man, Zacchaeus, and he sought to see who Jesus was. Now, I'll stop there just a minute. I'm not sure about the complete faith that he had as the gentleman had before. He sought to see who Jesus was. And there are individuals here, maybe that fall into that same realm. Are you here for the first time? Are you here for the thousandth or the ten thousandth? But you know, there just may be someone here. I just want to see. Well, God bless you if that's your attitude this morning. I just want to see who this man is. If you've been here all your life, I'm still looking to learn more about this man. Well, God bless you too. But he could not because of the crowd. He was short of stature. 
So he ran and climbed ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. Okay, he knew he was going to pass that way. He couldn't see him because he was short. That's the first obstacle that he had. Okay, there's got to be a way. Got to hand it to the man. It wasn't that his attitude was casually, I would like to see him as he passes by. He figures out I'm not going to get to, So, but if I can do this. Sometimes it takes more effort than just to say, I would like to. Now, have you ever been detoured and something that you would like to do because there's something that got in your way? Might be that little extra effort sometimes. And in this little extra effort, Zacchaeus decided to climb a tree. And then Jesus came to the place and he looked up and saw him. Accident? Wonder if Zacchaeus, wonder if he was trying to draw attention. But he looked up. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Whoa! I just trying to see the man. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained. That was those that were around him, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. you got to be kidding me. But are we any different from time to time in our judgments of others' actions and who they associate with and what their actions are that might surprise us? Now Jesus is taking the flack for doing the very thing that he came to earth to do. Did he come to save the righteous? You can say no. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he is also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Zacchaeus, you are why I am here. Now you have heard many lessons of this, from this particular passage. Any of them and all of them are good. I could finish the lesson today by teaching you about uh, maybe what repentance is. Restitution what Zacchaeus' heart was when he found out, I have done wrong, uh, this is what I need to do now to make it right. That's the lesson. No, it's not. But it'll be a good one. From the passages that we've read, so many that you might take up as far as Jesus' purpose is coming. I want to take you, take you to a verse. And just as it did me just for a second go, hmm. Let's go back to verse five of chapter 19. Everybody got it? Verse five, chapter 19 of Luke. 
he looked up and saw him. And he said to him, Zacchaeus. When did he meet him? Had he saw him that morning? Zacchaeus, come down. You know, I look around here, and I'm, I could very well be of because of the length, because of the length of time that I've been associated with having Popper and Glendale. I think this year will mark my 30th year being employed here. So I know a good many people here. I can look around and probably call as many people by name as anyone in here, except for John Dale. He's not here. Uh, he can call everybody by name, but I can't call everybody by name. There are individuals I've not. Uh, Zacchaeus, come down. Can you imagine how surprised he might have been? We're not told, but can you imagine? Huh? Do you know that your Lord knows your name? You are that special. Zacchaeus was that special. He was a sinner, a cheat, thief, all the things you can say. But Jesus knew his name. And it just, it, it hit me when I was reading this at a particular time. How did he know his name? Well, Gary, he knows everything. He knew his heart. He knew where he was coming from, and he knew where he was going. And the same for us. You know, I have found it a special way to study the Bible is if when you read a passage, if you'll preclude it with your name, it will mean a quite a bit more. If you if you will just Oh, I just looked down at verse 28 on page 1621, which is Luke 19, and that just said, when he had said this, what if I said, now Gary, when he had said this, or in verse 24, Gary, and he said to those who stood by, or if I looked over in this verse and said, now Gary, Peter said, it creates a more personal relationship when you understand that what you're reading here was written for you. It was written for me personally. Just not a book for you to pick up. But look at any, any, any verse you want to pick up and read. And Gary, woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord. Gary. One thousand shall flee of the threat of me. Gary, thou shalt not take from you a stone or a corn. Or Gary, go to the New Testament. Gary, and read every word as it was spoken directly to you. Because it is. You're that special. And Zacchaeus was that special. So today, I do want you to think about something.
When Jesus calls your name, when he looks, what does that mean? Are you called as someone who is in need of salvation as Zacchaeus was? Are you called as a friend and a beloved one who has been a follower for years and years and years? What is your relationship with your Savior? Personal question, very personal. What is it? And each is different. Each is different. But let there be no misunderstanding. Just as, just as Jesus understood and knew this man, name, heart, mind, spirit, he knows your name, heart, mind, spirit. There are no hidden secrets. And if you were in my Wednesday night class, you would know that one of my favorite, or my favorite Bible character could probably be, as far as individuals spoken of, Moses. And up until a couple of weeks ago, I thought Moses was the most preferred prophet, which I've learned, David, that that is not the case. Nope. Just to give you a little Bible, I always thought Moses, because he spoke face to face, God did, that Moses was the preferred prophet. This is just something that you might learn. And then John the Baptist was born, and if you'll study this, if you look back toward what Jesus said about John the Baptist, you'll figure out that John the Baptist became the most preferred prophet. I just a little side bit. But John the Baptist was known by Jesus, specifically Moses' name was known. And I want you to turn to me, and if you look at page 136 of your pew Bible, 136, it's Exodus 33, verse 12 is where I will begin. Page 136, Exodus 33, and I will begin reading in verse 12. I'm patient. We should hear Bibles turning every service. We really should. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Who's going with me? Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does go with us, do not bring us up from here, for how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? So shall we separate your people and I from all the people who are upon the face of the earth? And then listen to verse 17. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. As he did every, every child of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And that God would say, Gary, I know you by name.
Sometimes we make, I'm, I, I'm afraid, we dismiss somehow along or we have along the way a personal relationship with our Savior and our Lord. And I don't know why. Maybe we're scared of something. You've heard that the very, and I, no fun to be made as far as hairs of your head are numbered. Don't be looking at me. God knows everything. Isn't that special? Or is it worrisome? Special or worrisome? Special or worrisome? I wonder if we'd ask Zacchaeus, would it, he knows everything about you, Zacchaeus, before you get up in that tree. Would that have been special or worrisome? Turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke 12, and if you're using a pew Bible, it's page 1607. 1607. Beginning in verse 4, And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more than they can do, but will show you whom you should fear. Fear whom, after he is killed, has the power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. And in verse 8, also, Gary, let's start over. Gary, I say to you, my friend, do, you be, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that, no more than they can do. But Gary, I will show you to whom you shall fear. Fear him after he is killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. And Gary, are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins, and is not one of them forgotten before God? But Gary, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are more value than any sparrow. But Gary, also I say to you, Whoever confesses me before men, him the Son of Man, also will I confess before the angels of God. But Gary, he who denies me before men will be denied before the angel of God. And I do hope that each of you, if you were reading, supposed your name rather than mine. Does it sound different? Does it affect differently? When it becomes personal, and I wish I could say to you, and I am, and people are of all different persuasions, and I have no stones to cast any presentation or any minister or preacher that is here. Sometimes it's hard to know what is expected from a message. Everyone wants to be liked. Everyone wants to show compassion, I believe. As some of you remember, and, and this is the most, I guess, the, the fieriest minister that I can remember growing up. How many of you have ever sat in a sermon of Jimmy Allen? How many? Up, up, don't be. 
I remember at Seven the Poplar, and I'm not that old, that we were down the back door of the steps. The doors were open in the back, remember, and down the steps. Jimmy Allen had a way of presenting the gospel that is different than many that present the gospel today. Good or bad, depends. You see, if I could present the gospel this morning with all the compassion and love an expression of grace that could be presented and your heart be touched to enhance your relationship with your Lord. That would be the message that should be presented. As mild, as calm, that would be the correct message. But for some, you need to make a move. Time is of the essence. You are not promised tomorrow. And I only tell you that because it matters to me that your relationship with God be everything that it should be and that he expects. I don't know that that's to yell is in my nature per se. I don't know that I believe that fear is a driving motivator. But I don't know what you need. I don't know. So let's do this. Please. Christ died for you. He walked up the hill of Calvary and he was hung on a cross, scourged, beaten, shed his blood so that you might live eternally outside of the bondage of this world and its sin and its sadness and its heartache eternally. He loves you that much. Can you love him back? Can you? And then for others. I'll tell you, whoever confesses me before men, the Son of Man, I will confess before my Father or the angels of God, but he who denies me before men, I will deny him. You will go to hell without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as a believer and as a baptized believer. Bank on it. It will happen. And don't leave here thinking you weren't told it. Shy away from it? Want to? Shy away from it. But it is the truth. He sent his only son to die on a cross. He gave us the word of God that we have available to us to read and to have. We know what to do, and yet we refuse at times to do it. Now, Jimmy Allen book. You've been told. Confess me or I will not confess you. Have you done it? 
Is your life show a complete confession of who is your Lord and who is your Savior? I don't know which message might work. But I do know this. That each of us needs to ponder the relationship that we have. And to know for a fact that he knows your name and he knows your heart. And this morning, I think the invitation song is Hand in Hand with Jesus, Divine Intervention. Couldn't have picked a better one. This is how we're going to walk. Hand in hand with Jesus. Are you? Am I? Don't leave this auditorium. I, my worst fear in this, if I can imagine what might happen is if I'm standing in the judgment line and for anyone, anyone, anyone to ever turn and look at me and say, why didn't you tell me? Is that, my, is that a big fear, David? You sit there in class line. Why didn't you tell me? Well, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. I didn't want to, oh, I just didn't want to cost our friendship. I didn't want to, Gary, why didn't you tell me? It was too much at stake. Too much at stake. Don't leave this auditorium today. Don't leave it today. Unless when you walk out that door, you're welcome to the Lord's return. Okay, let me say that one more time. Do not leave this auditorium or this church building today unless you can walk out of those doors into the fresh air and welcome the Lord's return. Please. Please.